Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show, our final week of awesome con coverage 2022. All month long, we've been, or should say, been bringing you the panels from Awesome Con 2022 and this week, very excited to get into the final two panels from the Sunday edition of Awesome Con, uh, where Noah Schnapp and Sean Astin took the stage. So this is very much a Stranger Things edition of the show as season four, part two, set to drop this Friday, July 1st. So like my buddy Review It Rob at the Review It Rob show suggested, why not split the Stranger Things ones up? into one episode today and that's what we're doing noah schnapp talks a lot of stranger things Uh, there's conversations in regards to what's already come in season four what we could possibly expect in the final two parts of season four there's some conversations of course speculation about what's will who is he? A little bit more. Can you give us some character stuff? And then there's one idiot that comes along and asks a question about the New York Rangers. Somebody had to come along and disrupt the Stranger Things conversation and all the questions revolving that in this panel room to ask a question about his love of hockey and being involved with the New York Rangers. What an idiot that guy is. Spoiler alert. It's me. But... We'll get to that in a moment. Also, Sean Astin, where he was in Stranger Things a little bit for season two, and he talks a little bit about that. He gets into some other stuff as well. Of course, a lot of conversation about the Lord of the Rings with him, but there is some Stranger Things talk with that. So before we jump into Noah Schnapp, I do want to remind you, please go give Throw Me Podcast Network a like on Facebook, on YouTube, also on Instagram. Search Thrill Me Podcast Network. There is an Instagram account now. And that's how you'll stay up to date with all the releases of all the shows part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network, The Metal Groove, this past Monday. Good episode, great episode there, I should say, from Tombstone Josh, talking about the summer stadium concerts going on. Uh, Also, the review at Rob's show. He's out there reviewing everything from Obi-Wan the Kenobi series, which will review a lot of that starting next week. A lot of things I've been watching. I mentioned last time, last week I mentioned was the COVID episode, and there were a lot of things. In COVID alone, I watched 12 things. 12, 12 movies, I should say, not 12 things. I've watched some shows, some other things that might be considered movies, but I consider shows, things that Others might consider movies. I, yeah, we'll get into it all next week, but you can check out Review with Rob. He's got a lot of reviews for you. Uh, and then, of course, tomorrow, uh, Zach going to be back as well, uh, and he's going to be dropping a new episode for you. So, yeah, you get a lot of a lot of shows. And, of course, there's a Haunters podcast episode out this week as well, since there was a house announcement with the horrors of Blumhouse, the freaky 
black phone combo house that was announced for Halloween Horror Nights. So there's a new episode of Haunter's Podcast out as well. So many shows for you to enjoy on the Throw Me Podcast Network. With that being said, business out of the way. Let's get into it. First up on today's awesome con coverage and more specifically the Stranger Things coverage of the show. Here is Noah Schnapp from Awesome Con 2022 as we get strange on the Mr. Wonderful Show. Let me be a huge favor make some noise for your Awesome Con main stage host. Give it up for Steph Strickland. which I love. You know how I like to moderate. We're here for you. We're here for you. But without further ado, let's bring to the stage from the Upside Down, from Stranger Things, Mr. Noah Schnapp! Sure, those will be 
up there. But for now, I think the last episode of season three, as I just rewatched it and I was like crying, and it's just so good. I love it. That's a great question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Question over here. Hi. Hi, my name is Osvaldo Nova from Maryland, and my question was. If Will's feelings for a certain one of his friends was something that was planned from the beginning or something that kind of came to be throughout the show? Well, I mean, I don't write it, so I don't know, honestly. But I mean, I think, because there's, like, you definitely see it already from the start in season one with, like, the names they're calling Will and stuff. So I don't think it would, it just came to be. It was definitely, like, they have... They, they're very smart, the Duffers, so they, they outline everything from the beginning. They already know how season five's going to end, and they plan it all out. So they definitely know where they want to go with Will, and I don't I think, yeah, it's always been pretty planned out. We'll see how far it goes. Do you, we've discussed this in some of the other panels, do you have any sort of relationship with the writers in the writer's room? Are you able to say, hey, I don't know that this works or does work? Well... Yeah, I mean, to an extent. I, I see, I've see. i been seeing so many theories on my TikTok for you page. So, I, I mean, I literally just Your texted. for you page must be a mess. <laughs> it's crazy. It. It's so much Stranger Things, but I love it. Like, if I don't see a Stranger Things video, I just skip it. I'm only looking for the Stranger Things So, I, I saw this theory on TikTok, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So, I texted the Duffers, and I was like, you guys have to write this. Like, this is so good. So, I've, I've like, put my insight here and there. I love that! You know, he has like, what, 21 million followers on TikTok? Yeah, who's counting after like, I don't know, 14 million, please. That's, but it is, it is so fascinating to see um, your world through the eyes of social media. Uh, do you find, you mentioned that you actually looked at the comments and I was wondering that, you know, or, or check your For You page. How do you manage that when people want to believe they have like, direct access to you with opinions? Good, bad, bad. How does that work? Um, I mean, I love social media. I think it's the best. I mean, it obviously has its flaws, but I think it's the best way for me to be able to interact with my fans. And I think TikTok specifically is so fun because fans that I've never followed or don't know about, I get to see on my For You page. So it's just a great way to connect with them. And, I, I'm loving it right now because I'm seeing so much, so many edits and, and cool theories, and um, it's so fun. It's such a good time right now. I love TikTok, and I'm almost 50, and they call me geriatric. I don't care. I don't care. I have a home there, too, you know. Hey, let's get to your question. Hi, Hi Bill. My name is Kylie. Uh, and my question is, what are you most excited to get scared for when you go to college? Um, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously, like, scary parts about just growing up and leaving home and stuff, but I'm ready to just, like, move out and not be with my parents and, like, <laughs> um, have more independence, I guess, but I'm just excited for everything and, and for uh, all to come. Thank you. Great question. Hi, question over here. Hi, um, my name is Renee, and, um, my, uh, well, there's a little bit of a story for my question. Okay. Um, so, in season one, Will was trapped in the upside down, and season two was, was possessed. And it wasn't until season three that we really got to see Will's personality coming through. Uh, the scene where Will breaks down and actually makes a castle fires really resonated with me. I've had moments like that and just beautifully acted, so I just want to say thank you for that. Um, my question is, since we know season five is going to be the last season and we won't get to, to see the kids grow up into adulthood, what do you hope and imagine for Will in the future? That's a good question. Um... For Will, I mean, if they don't 
do it soon enough. I hope he just is able to find his happiness and his truth and be able to express himself. He's so locked up with all his feelings and his emotions, and I just want to finally see him like say what he wants to say and just be happy. And, and yeah, he's never happy, so we ain't for that. That is a great question. Hi, how are you? What's your name? Hi, my name is Drew. I'm Hi, Drew. In Georgia. Hi. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say I'm a big fan. Season four came out when I graduated from high school, so I was like watching that right before I graduated high school. Okay, happy graduation. As you should. Thank you. But my question is, would you be interested in playing like any character in a Marvel movie, villain or hero? Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I, um, I probably like Spider-Man. I think. I also just am such a big fan of Tom Holland. I think he did a great job. Cause his, are they done? Or they? There's more. Okay. Well, I, he's still done. He's doing great. And I, I'm not coming for you, Tom. I'm not coming for you. No, no, I love Tom. I love Spider-Man. Do you, do you have a chance to connect with other actors who are out there? I mean, the, the show is so busy. Especially with, like, season four coming out, a lot of them have, like, DM'd me and, like, been just tweeting and stuff. Like, I love, like, I saw Doja Cat was, like, tweeting about a strange thing. This is so cool. Speaking of, like, TikTok, she's amazing. Like, if you see her account, she's fantastic. We have a, she really is. We have a question over here. Yes, hi. Hi. I'm a little short. Just <laughs> we do agree. Oh, yeah, awesome. I know that growing up, being like a child actor and so forth, you're all full of snake, you're growing up together. So my question is, if you could think of this, what was the best cry laugh moment where y'all were just crying because you were laughing so hard while on that? We have a bunch of those. I mean, I think the, oh my gosh, so bad. One, the funniest times is when it's when we can't laugh and we're, we have to hold it back. And on season four, I don't know if they're doing a blooper reel or anything, but on season four, there's one scene in the next volume that we filmed with, I don't know who I filmed it with, because you'll have to see, but we, we were, it was we, I mean, just all of us were all together, and we were just, well, I can't tell the story. I mean, you know, it was me and Millie had to do a bunch of like press where we just spent days doing interview after interview after interview, like every single different outlet, and you get like a little delusional by the end of the day because it's like just over and over and over. So by the end of the day, we were just we could not like we the interviewer would ask a question, we would just die laughing. It was so funny for no reason. It's just like <laughs> when you get so delusional, it's like everything's funny. So that's definitely. And we did we did a like song association thing for on YouTube and it, it was so fun. We were laughing so hard. So Del, you can go watch it. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Thank you. I think if I ever get hired to do a junket, I'm gonna try to go at the end of the day. Just so okay. no, we, you know what we did is we would because it was getting old. Like it's the same thing over and over. Right. So we played a game of like we would someone would give us a word and we would have to work it into the. I do this game. I do this game on absolutely. Okay, so what was the hardest word you got? I love this game. Oh my god. I had be like, I don't know, fiddlesticks. I'm like, I, don't think, I would never say that. No, I'm work it in. I was like alligator and like all these random words. And the interviewers like didn't really, I think they were starting to catch on and then we were, we had to stop the game because we were just too immature. But. <laughs> 
I, I bonded with you here. Go ahead, question. I love that game. Question over here. Hi, my name is Nina. Um, Um, most of Will's scenes were 
the differences were um, with season one to season two? Um, well, season one, I just wasn't there. I was like, <laughs> it was just nothing. I mean, I, I filmed a few like flashbacks. I was really just there for like a week, and I just filmed like some flashbacks of me disappearing and then getting saved, and then it was it. And then season two, it was like really, I moved down to where we filmed in Atlanta. I was there for like six, seven months, and just a lot of intensive, crazy stuff, and um, it, it was definitely, a, I, I loved filming season two, just being down there and being with everyone, and that's when I really got close with, with the rest of the cast. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Hi, George, San Antonio. So, as a long-time fan of Sean Aston, it was an How could you not be a fan? I mean, I, I loved working with him. I remember being on set because I think his character was like written to die, which is kind of sad. But we ended up just loving him so much. And I remember Winona walking around our set with like a sign and she was like, everyone join in. Like, we're petitioning that he's not dying. The Duffers cannot kill Bob. I love him too much. I love that. Yeah, so she was, she was doing her thing, protesting, and hoping that they would save him. But I mean, he was kind of written to die. <laughs> it was, it's unfortunate, but we did love him, and I loved working with him. Awesome, thanks. Thank you. Now you have to make sure you're the next panel, so you can ask him that question too. <laughs> That's actually perfect. Hi, how are you? Hi. Hi. I'm Juliana from DC. Um, I was just thinking, even before all of the supernatural stuff started happening, you know, Will didn't have the easiest life at home and all, and I was wondering how that factors into your acting choices. Well, I mean, I think Will just has a lot of trauma. So, I mean, I, I think he's just, yeah, he's going through so much, and it's just layers and layers of things, and I just have to kind of remember when I'm playing it that there's always, like, a, a further kind of thing in his mind that he's thinking about, and it's not just the surface level, like, being upset, but because of what and why. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's fun, like like when I'm doing an emotional scene with Will and I'm just crying all day, it's like, it's, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We have had you know, actors who have decades of experience, sort of classically trained in the theater, and then there's other folks who are like, no, I just show up and I'm right in the headspace right away. Um, there's an actress who I love, Katie Sackhoff, who was like, yeah, I can just, yeah, right? She's, I texted her too, I was like, John Carlin's amazing. So for you, what is your process? Um, how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what they're going to ask of me because it's always something new. But I mean, I mean, I've had like in season two, I had to do like a seizure scene, and I remember just sitting in my bed the night before, like looking on YouTube, actual seizures and what it looks like, and. There's definitely some weird like things you have to do sometimes to to get in the character and understand what's going on, but it's it's so fun. I love it, and and with crying scenes, it's just like I always listen to music, um, and then it kind of mellows you out, and then it's just you put yourself in the character and you're just crying. And it feels great. Like I'm, I'm always surprised because they're always like like when I do my crying scenes, I'm obviously so emotional, and then I come off set and I'm like so joyful. But I think it's just so much fun for me to just be able to like express all these different types of emotions and play with it, and it doesn't need to be taken too seriously. 
I think the important part of our show is they take so much time to just make you care about all the characters. So if it feels like some parts it can be like, okay, let's move it on, it's, it's for a reason. You want to like attach yourself to these characters. So I think that's, like, I, I, I trust them, and I think they do it for a reason. Thanks, Jackson. Hi, how are you? Hi, my name is Jess. Oh, hi. Um, I wanted to know, do you see yourself pursuing acting more? Do you see yourself going into like directing, producing, writing, or something completely different? Yeah, I mean... Hockey? <laughs> uh, I'd love to like do it all. I mean, I don't know about writing. I don't... I, the minds of writing Stranger Things, I don't think I could ever do that. But I think I'd love to like direct or produce something and then of course, continue acting. Yeah, I, I want to try it. Awesome, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi, my name is Zena. Um, if you were, nice outfit. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you were given the freedom to write in a season for Stranger Things, what would you want to happen to the characters? Anything you want, just go crazy. A lot of power. I mean, I think... <laughs> I would... I, I mean... I would kill a bunch of the characters. <laughs> Millie have talked about this before, and the Duffers like got mad at us. They were like, "You can't be saying you want to kill everyone." Like, but I, I'm saying it again. I think I, I, there is. It's a huge cast. Like when we were at the premiere, our picture we could we couldn't fit everyone in it because it's so big. So I mean, I think it. Also, I love like I, it's so sad to to watch someone die, but like when, I, I don't know how to explain it, but just like you feel so attached to a character, and then crying from a show, it's like. That's how you know it's a good show. You're so attached to them. So I'd love to just like, just see more of that. Kind of I'd love to slaughter them all. Not if, like, by the end, so we can have them for as long. Like, maybe we'll. <laughs> Thank you for your question. Question over here. Hi, I'm from Maryland. Um, uh, I watched through a tornado at school, so that made me think. If there was no upside down and eleven day of her power, so the virus would be, what do you think the dynamic of the party would be like if there was no supernatural stuff? It'd be more boring. <laughs> and yeah, what would our show be without the supernatural? I mean, I think the whole point of the party and the whole game is like it foreshadows what happens in, in Upside Down, so I think if there was no supernatural world, then what would happen? It'd be like a, a game friendship. Is, it'd be a show about sort of friendship and the struggles of, I guess, growing up. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you would see more, less like battles with the monsters and just because at the end of the day, that's what the show is about. Like at the end of the day, it is just like a, a backdrop for what the really important part is about friendship and all those kind of morals. And so I think they could still tell that story. It would just wouldn't attract the audience that looks for that stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, question over here. Hi, my name is Marissa, and I'm from Maryland. Hi. And uh, what was your favorite thing oh. to do behind the scenes? Um, so I think this past season I had a lot of fun just filming in New Mexico. I've never, that's like where we filmed our California stuff, and I've never been, usually we're always in Atlanta, and this was kind of like a separate unit, a small crew, and just like, like the boys, and then these four boys, and then Millie for parts of it, and it was just so much fun, and I loved just having this small group and small crew, and, and I think I, I was, it was really exciting, and I'm excited for next season to see what they do. 
like, are we going to be back in Hawkins? Because you don't know, because they're not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your question. We love you. Oh, we love you too. Question over here. Hi, my name is Allie, and uh, uh, at the end of season three, uh, Joyce decided to move all of you, uh, Eleven and Jonathan, down to California. Do you wish that you stayed in Hawkins? Or? Uh, I mean. No, I loved, uh, like, just our whole filming process was so much fun, and I loved just, like, being in a different setting, and I think it was important for Will, especially, because we're so used to seeing him, like, with the monster and fighting the supernatural forces and all that stuff. I think it was important for us to see, like, his teenage side and, like, his actual personality and see him, like, talk and, and not just, like, cry. So, like, it was, I think it was important and nice to see that side of Will, and... I'm sure he'll be back in Hawkins. So. Thank you. Thank you. Now, every time I see you on screen crying, I'll be like, he actually likes this. <laughs> I have a question over here. Uh, uh, and if you could have anyone back to the show, it would be Bob. That died. Yeah, that died. Barb, I would say. Oh! <laughs> also Bob. Thank you. But it was nice that we saw that, like, in season four, they did the, oh, I loved that. I was like, yeah! <laughs> I love that you see it get as excited as we do. Question over here. Hi, my name's Izzy from Maryland. Uh, um, I just want to say, Will is, like, my favorite character uh, and Stranger Things, but my question is, um, so I know you said all those things about um, crying on command and nothing's ever, like, that serious, but... Were there any moments like either you were watching someone act or you just watched the show where you actually genuinely felt sad for the character and like... Like watching the show or filming? Um, whether it was like watching them act like at the, you know... Yeah, oh my god, totally. I, I had like an accidental kind of tear up when, in, when we were filming season four, it, like Eleven was surrounded by all those bullies and then she was at the school and then they threw her in the middle and threw the diorama on the ground and like... When I was filming it, we were both talking about like, wow, this is, it like, it felt so real and I was like tearing up for her. And that was pretty like, kind of real, I guess. But there's definitely so many moments where it's like, I'm not even acting, I'm just like skip, like the shootout scene in season four, that we had never rehearsed it with the, the bullets and all the action and the glass breaking until the first actual shot. So. All of it was rehearsed and walked through, and they were like, bang, bang, but it's awesome. It's so then they just, like, yelled action, and we were filming, and all of a sudden, it's like, bang, 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 blast, shake, bang, bang, and I was like, ah! Like, I was so scared. I was like, do I duck? Like, what if it hits me? Like, I thought I was going to die, and that was on camera, and you couldn't see my true fear, so that was not happening. I love Thank the question. You. Thank you. Question over here. Hi, Che from Virginia. With your Marvel question from earlier, I'd like to know which you, which Spider-Man do you think is the best? Oh. Well, I feel like I'm young, so I didn't grow up on like Tobey Maguire. I know. <laughs> but, we heard you. <laughs> um, they're all incredible. I think they all offer like one is like the best Spider-Man, one is the best um, Peter Parker. I think. They all have something, they're all really good, and I mean, mine, I have to say Tom Holland, just because like, that's who I love, but I think Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are also incredible. 
That was a great question and a wonderfully diplomatic answer. <laughs> question over here. Hi, um, I'm Nora from Baltimore. Uh, and um, my, kind of, my question is kind of like different. Uh, what's your favorite ship from Stranger Things? <laughs> I don't have a, I have a bunch. He <laughs> is prepared. I love Joyce and Hopper. Like that Um, obviously, Byler is just at its peak right now. It's they're they're building that up, so definitely ship that. And then I think Stancy. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would uh, agree. <laughs> I, I love their chemistry this season together. I love that you even have the right ship names. Like you really have thought about that. <laughs> Question over here. Hi, I'm uh, Katie from Virginia, uh, and I have two questions. Can I ask them both of you? If you can do it quickly, just because I want to try to get to as many people as I can. Okay, so first question. Uh, a lot of people ask, like, what's the worst fan experience you've ever had? What's the best fan experience you've ever had? Um, I mean, I've had a million great experiences with fans. I mean, most of them are, like, the best. So it's hard to pick one. I mean, it's just, I wouldn't say it's anything specific, but it's nice when I can like see a fan on the street and we just like have a conversation and we talk and like I get to know them and like it, it's super heartwarming to just hear their opinions about the show and I love when they give me like insight about what they think we should do with the next season and all that stuff. So it's just nice like meeting the fans and actually getting to talk to them because it's rare. A lot of time it's so quick or it's, we have to go somewhere if there's no pictures or whatever, but it, it's nice when I get to just like talk to a fan. Thank you for not being cynical about that either. And I hope that as you continue to progress in your career, you can hold on to that because it means everything to the fan at the moment. Um, and that's much appreciated. Okay, quick question. And then we'll go back to one question only. Go ahead. And my second question is cereal or soup? And please explain your answer. <laughs> I was going to say hot, but the gazpacho, I feel like it's cold. Ooh, what would you say? Uh, I would say that it's not, because you can have cereal without the milk, but you can't have soup without the broth. Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> With orange juice. Uh, question, right? yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. Question over here. Um, hi, my name hi. is Sammy. So, um, whenever you were playing Dungeons and Dragons, was it ever like confusing or anything? Oh yeah, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> we need to get Bill Whedon up here to like school you guys on TV. Yeah, no, we have like an expert on set who knew everything and would tell us like this means this and this you do this and you roll the dice and it and but I mean it just went. I, don't I just say the lines and move the dice, that's all I know. Thank you, thank you. But I do want to try it, because it looks like a super cool game. It really is. Question I'm Noah, my name is Madison, I'm from Maryland. So, you kind of already answered my question, but, so a lot of people were freaking out over the last tweet, so I basically just want to know if that 
that was you or if you were half together. <laughs> what, what was my last week? You said that you should have yeah. No, that wasn't it. I was at half. You just said that. Yeah, but you were half before. Oh. Like two Oh yeah, that was yeah. I could not get into my Twitter for a long time, but now it's me tweeting, and I do ship by them. And they figured out that you're you, so you have access to your account again, which is nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Question over here. Um, hi, my name is V. I'm from Baltimore, and this is kind of a stupid question. Um, how do you feel about having had a bowl cut, like a bowl cut? <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about that amazing hair? Uh, I mean. It's definitely like, just at this point, I feel like I'm so much more grown up, and it's like, I still have this like 10 year old bull cut. So it's like, it's just, I don't know if it sits right with me when I'm, but, but I think I, I can't lead me into any, any choices made by the show. So I think it's, it is like the classic 80s haircut, and my dad told me he had that haircut. Not at this age, but in season one, he had there. But he, I think it, it, it works. I would hope to have a different haircut next season. It's, but again, you don't know. <laughs> well, I asked them at the premiere, and they were like, no. It's the same, the same. That or they're going to give you a perm. Like, you ask and ye shall receive. It's going to be like a pulling sign in my hair, right? John Heater, thank you. Hi, question here. I mean, I would probably say Millie is like my closest. We like do all our interviews together and stuff, and we always have fun together. Not this one. Where is she? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we're like the closest in age out of all the kids. So right away when when we started filming season one, we just like clicked and we've been super close, and it's it's so great. Like I love just having such real friendships off screen, and nothing's fake, and just the chemistry is so real between all of the kids and the whole cast, and I think that's what makes the show so good. In 25 years, thank you. In 25 years, when you're still doing cons and you're still talking about the show, you'll remember the chemistry on the cast, because as you continue to do things, yeah. sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Totally, and we have all talked, and we definitely want to continue, like, me and Millie definitely say when Stranger Things is over, we want to do, like, a movie or something else together, and, like, keep acting together, so... That's awesome. I love it. Question over here. Hi, so I'm Kimberly. I'm, re I'm originally from upstate New York, so, yes. Um, but my question is, what scene from this season was the hardest to not break character in? Like, you were just laughing so hard, you just couldn't keep your face together, and which scene was that in this season? Well, there was the one I was talking about in the next volume, but I can't even explain it. So, <laughs> I think... That I was la I mean, I think this, the scene where I sing the um, never-ending story is like was, was a little like out of pocket for Will. I wasn't expecting that, but I mean, I liked it. It was fun, and I love when Will kind of did, like talks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Is there a moment, and I I will go back and, and watch to look for it, where we can, other than the shoot-up scene, where we can see something in one of your faces? It's almost like an Easter egg. Like, go look for this thing, because this actually Well, happened. I mean, it's honestly up to the editors. Like, hopefully they cut around our <laughs> eight hours of laughing. But, um, I, yeah, I can't explain the scene. But I'm, like, looking down, and I'm like, this. But I, I'm we'll sure they cut around it. They wouldn't let that... Yeah, I hope. Okay, well, we'll find out. Question over here. Hi, I'm Bianca, and I'm from Baltimore. 
So we have a lot of anime geeks here. Do you have a favorite anime? Um, I love to watch anime. I've never really gone into it. All I know is like Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah. Goku. Yeah. Yep. So, we um, have Sean Shovel here. He was phenomenal. The voice of Goku oh, wow. for like what hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of episodes and wow. multiple series. You have to go find him in the back room and get him to like do your voicemail for your song. Here. Yeah. Now? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, I'll make the introduction. I can help with that. Wow. That's cool. cool. Thanks for that question. Thank you. you too. All right, I think we're gonna get two more questions in, and we'll be okay. done over here. So, if you saw the grandfather clock, what song would save you? Oh. That's a good question. Um. I think. I mean. From the eighties. From the eighties, I would say. I mean, for Will, it's obviously should I stay or should I go. So. So, I mean, that would be his, but for me, 80s, I probably like Africa, that's like my Toto, just, oh, that's so good, good. Yeah. just belting it is like, oh, my favorite. Thank you for your question, and our last question. Hi, I'm Caroline, I'm from Maryland, um, and I was wondering, like, on the last day of filming season four, were there any emotions or Yeah, oh my god, I was bawling on our last day, I was so sad to leave, because I was like, there's only one, like, it's sad, we're almost done. For season five, I'm going to be a wreck because that'll be so sad. But we always like cry at the end of filming. It's just kind of sad because we're we're living together and working together for months, and then we're just done. So it's sad. But I mean, it was fun. It was a fun way to end. Billy like pranked me and threw a bunch of water balloons at me, and so it was a, a kind of lighthearted way to end the night. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to take a selfie with you. <sighs> Oh yeah, it's with you. No, because the light, unfortunately. But, so often, guys, you can actually get your photos taken with him downstairs. He is signing. He is here for the rest of the day. Let's give it up. Again, that was a really fun panel. I really enjoyed being in the room for that. I, I hope that... Uh, Noah, and really honestly, like like even the joke was, uh, you know, in the middle of the panel, maybe Millie, Bobby Brown comes sometime in the near future because that's the, that's the other thing about Awesome Con. It has been. It's I've talked about it in my reviews before on on the event. It's a big event, but it keeps getting bigger, which is crazy to think. So a lot of these people that come to awesome con they go on these con circuits they 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 talk to people and they spread the word that's why you've heard on some of these where it's like make loud noise because if you're loud they're gonna have a good time if you got questions and you make this a fun experience they're gonna want to come back and they're gonna tell their friends to come as well so speaking of friends coming uh i did not get to be a part of the Lord of the Rings conversation from the year prior because uh, prior to this, Sean Astin was supposed to be at Awesome Con last time uh, in 2021. He unfortunately had to cancel uh, late and I believe it was Billy uh, still showed up for Awesome Con 2021, but Sean Astin's here for 2022. He talks Lord of the Rings, he talks Stranger Things, and it's time for you to hear that conversation. Here's Sean Astin's panel from Awesome Con 2022 on the Mr. Wonderful Show. Oh, you beautiful, beautiful, 
wonderful people, you have already lined up to get your questions asked, which I love. And Mr. Sean Aston has agreed to stick around a little bit longer. I don't know if we're going to get to everyone, but we are going to try. So without further ado, stand up, make some noise for Mr. Sean Aston! Participating in 
a cultural, you know, you could say a franchise, but basically a world that Tolkien created that's that's meant to be life affirming. So there you go. Thank you so much. As someone you know, who always reads the books first to try to produce something on the screen that lives up to what it meant to me in print is uh, no easy task. And it was everyone coming together to make that a reality. I had a guy come up to me in the line. Everyone always says that, that, yeah. it, that it was what they imagined. Yes. Or better than what they imagined. But this one person came up, they're like, Sauron was over the top. And what was wrong with <laughs> Do it that way. I was like, oh, I have to reflect on that a little bit. You know, that's interesting. It's the first time I've heard that. You know, like, they, but they, they went down a whole list of characters they had issues with. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> they put a lot of thought into those criticisms. Well, they just, like, they, they, you know, it's upsetting to them, and they didn't have any place to put that. Cause, you but know, they said it so you, to you. So you tell Sam, he'll take it off work. <laughs> Hi, how are you? You have a question. Hi. Hello again, Zine. Hello again, my dear. Scene Hello again, Sean. That's all right. Hello. My lord. Remember how you gave me 20 bucks? Where's my 20 Let me tell you why that's wrong. Can I tell you Can I tell you why what you said is not correct? Can I tell you? Sorry. No, no. But you don't know. I'm going to teach you something. I do. I didn't give... No, no, no. You're using the wrong word. I did not give you $20. I paid you $20. And, and you were paid $20 to do what? Fighting for you. On my behalf, that's correct. Because I had made a commitment in a cameo that I did that I would play with this family. And they're like, well, you're here now. Do you want to play? And I'm like, will you do it for me? I'll pay you. And what's the deal? We have a deal on the back end. What's the back end deal? I'm going to give you half of my earnings. There you go. <laughs> Your earnings, you're going to give me half of your profits. Your earnings are yours. It's very important. My kids won't let me tell them any of this stuff, so I have to meet people at a convention and tell them. Someday when this child is a multimillionaire, you're going to. You know what? I'm going to kill it. Yeah. He wanted to show you his shield. I've been admiring it from over here. It's gorgeous. You bought that with the money. With the money. Go with the 20 bucks. You earned that. You earned that. Favorite project is and what which you would like to film besides oh. the ones you've done. Well, so Terry Pratchett, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing. He and Neil Gaiman, I'm done. Like that's yeah. all I need. Yeah, I mean, so we did um, as a two-part series. We did the Color of Magic and the Light Fantastic. So I would just want to keep. I want to do the whole Discworld series if I could. All 17 books of them, you know. Yeah. Thank you for your question. Thank Bye, you. Shield. Question over here, sir. Hi, Sean. I'm Jay from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, you've done a lot of roles, but ones that I've been really into were kind of some of your more thriller-esque roles. Toy Soldiers, Icebreaker. I love when you were Lynn McGill in 24, so I just wanted to know what your experience was filming those type of roles. Oh, thank you for that. I'll be in Omaha in, I don't know, August, September, October, somewhere in there. I'm, giving a, I'm actually giving two talks in Nebraska two days apart about mental health advocacy. So anyhow, so I'll see you all. Carrying on my, my mom's legacy of, 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 uh, of advocacy. So um, those are great. Those are great. I mean, what people, who, if I said Sean Bean, right? You guys know Sean Bean. And what does 
one of the things we know about Sean Bean. He dies spectacularly in everything he's in. I think I could go head-to-head with Sean Bean for the films I've died in, for the shows I've died in. I want to be known as that guy, you know? I'd like to get cast in a show where I go past eight episodes. You know? Like, I died in The Strain. I don't know if you guys remember The Strain. Obviously, Stranger Things, I died in episode eight. Uh, Lynn McGill's, like, episode eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there, I died. Centox nerve gas attack. Generally, I get to save people, but as I'm dying. It's a heroic death. No, but a heroic death. That's all I want, is a heroic death. But, um, I like, I like creating suspense. Like, my kids and wife, or two of the kids, are watching Stranger Things from the beginning. We all watched the first season on Thursday. They watched the second season yesterday and, or whatever. Yesterday they finished it. And my, they called me when I got home from the con, and they're like, you just died again, Dad. <laughs> I was like, was it a good death? They're like, yeah, yeah, it was good. And then we started talking about, like, I'm in the closet, and, the, and there's, like, barely any light on me, and I'm breathing. <sighs> Like it's coming, you know, and then I go out and in slow motion I accidentally kick the broom and the broom falls and you know that it's going to make a sound. Like That, creating those moments, I feel like that's in my bones. I feel like I know how to do that and I love doing it. It's, and generally it involves running down a hallway of some sort, you know, <laughs> crashing through some sort of a doorway. I'm very good at doorway crashing. Um, yeah, sliding, like in Toy Soldiers, I get to like run and slide down a thing. Anything, if I lose a little bit of weight, I could probably get a few sliding, hallway running scenes left in me, so yeah. Awesome question. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, question over here. Hi, I'm Allie from Alexandria, Virginia, and my question is, if you went on your own epic journey, uh, who would you take with you and what would you pack in your backpack? or at least one of my, to me, life accomplishments was I did the Ironman Kona Triathlon in 2016. And if any of you know someone who's done a marathon or a triathlon or a, a 10K or something like that, that's all we want to talk about. It's incredibly, like, irritating for people to have to listen. Let me tell you about the bike and did I tell you the swim? And I, let me tell you how to... We were late. We're like, did you change? Like, how are yeah, you doing That's good. You're into the conversation. You're, well, that's a, we're in a winter mode right now. My wife's like so patient. You know, she's like, <laughs> so, um, so, and you're all alone for 15 and a half hours. All alone. It's it's a. I won't take up too much of our time talking about this, but I love. It is one of my all-time accomplishments. And I, in terms of what I packed, like peanut butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> there are those like goos, the like running goos, and um, and you know you've got water. And then on the road though, on the road people you know hand you. Coca-Cola. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Well, they do that endurance runners because the sugar goes to your your brain basically instantly. So, and then you you know, can't walk afterwards. But um, but I would on the journey of life that I'm in right now is my wife Christine. We have, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. As a wife and as a mother to our three daughters, she is Samwise Gamgee. She is Samwise She can pull anything out of the bag. You know, you're like, oh, I have a stomachache. Oh, hold on. Boop, 
she like a pharmacy? You know what I mean? If I, you know, I, whatever it is, she knows. We're like hoarders. We have like crap all over the house and in the garage and stuff. And and uh, I'm like, oh, where's that drunk kid? That electric drunk kid? She's like, oh, hold on. She comes out. And she's got. She's like the luggage in Mickey Color Magic. She's like, she's you know, you open it up and it's just anything you want is in there. So she is, she is um, indefatigable. She is loyal to. But like she's Samwise, she's my Samwise, and and in the in the extreme of that idea. So there you go. I love that. Great question. I've been with my husband since '95, so I appreciate hearing that. You'll I, catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask you this though. Oh, excuse me, I dropped my phone. Um, my question to you. Look at you. I can grab it. Thank you. You know now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> my question to you um, is a little bit about. What you want next? What are you looking for? A role that you want to tackle that you haven't had an opportunity to, to dive into yet? Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question for me at the moment. So, COVID, my COVID accomplishment was going to be learning the guitar. And I spent a couple hundred hours. I've got them marked with my little guitar tutor thing. And look, and I'm terrible. I'm absolutely ter- I love it. I'll sit up in my room and sing my guts out and play, but you're just like, how can you spend that much time at something and not? Like, Rudy, right? Rudy tried so hard, and he finally got in the game. He, got, he played 27 seconds, you know, of his entire high school career. He got 27 seconds. I'm not even good enough to be Rudy on the guitar. <laughs> so, so then I figured out how to get into, uh, I'm actually getting a, a, a master's. Uh, I'm getting a master's in public administration and public policy from from American University right here in D.C. And and that's where my focus is. And my kids are a little bit like, Dad, do you have an audition? Are you reading a script? Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll figure it. But my, my focus is this is getting this degree and this knowledge. It's so hard. It's so hard. My brain is in so much pain trying to keep up with these kids. (laughs) Um, So, but when it comes to, um, there's one project that I've been developing for a while that is, um, I think I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, That's promising. That means it's it's got life. It's an important historical figure. Important American historical figure. So that's, you can start here curiosity if you're interested to figure that out but um and we we sort of envision it as a you know like a six episode seven episode episode something or other so and that what i like about it is that we actually have an opportunity to comment on history and american life in a way that it deals in the past but it's incredibly relevant and like i think right now american political life is so um Damaged, and it's not just dysfunctional. It's it's like almost dead on arrival, and like some good people are going to have to start imbuing the idea of American democracy and American government and state government with with you know responsibility and integrity and you know passion and like these kinds of we have like so I love that, that's a show that you can do that. I will, I will keep every finger crossed that it comes to life. Question over here. Hi, Sean. Good to see you again. Nice to see you. Um, Lord of the Rings, Sam, perfect. Rudy, as I mentioned earlier, resonated with me so much as an athlete, so thank you for doing that role. She's a basketball player. <laughs> um, I also loved you as Bob in Stranger Things. 
Um, not a basketball player. No, a basketball. <laughs> Still a superhero, though. Yes. Still a superhero. Um, Noah was just here, and someone asked a question about, you know, how far ahead does he know about what his trajectory is going to be in the show? We lost you in one season. Did you know that you were going to die at the end? I thought I was going to die a lot sooner. <laughs> the first day of filming... I'm my, glad you didn't. Me too. Me too. I was just happy to be invited to the party, frankly. But And I, the first character I auditioned for was actually the reporter, the, uh, the, the investigative reporter character. And, and I thought I did a good audition. And the funny thing is, Elizabeth, my middle child, is the one who worked on the audition with me. And they saw it and they're like, we loved it. It was so good. Uh, but we want you to come back for this other character, Bob. Well, Elizabeth had like a final or something, so she couldn't help me. So my youngest daughter, Bella, helped me. And we worked on it. And then I got the part of Bob. So she lords it over the other one that she helped me with the part that I actually got. <laughs> So, but they, they, they didn't say, but they were like, we think you're probably going to make it about three or four episodes. So I was like, okay, well, so I'll come in and be like that. Um, and the first day, my first day of filming was a scene where um, the brothers are sitting on the bed, Will's sitting on the bed, and he's saying to him, uh, look, there's, do you want to be, he's feeling isolated. He's like, everybody treats me different now, you know, everybody, the kids, I'm, and he's like, well, look, there's, there's Billy Idol people, and there's Kenny Rogers people. Who do you want to be? And I walk by and I go, Kenny Rogers? I love Kenny Rogers. <laughs> so, and at that moment, that line, I love Kenny Rogers, you're like, that's Bob. That's Bob. You want that person in your life. He's guileless. He's lovely. He's just there to be affirming. You know, you've just spent a year, you know, a whole season with Joyce being tortured. And so now you're like, oh, you know, and you've shipped her with Hopper, but then you don't even know if that's going to be good for her. And, and so now there's like, Bob, oh, Bob's there. And, and so they were like, we're, you could tell they're going to keep me around. You could tell they're going to keep me around a little bit. And I just kept saying, hey, guys, can you just let me do something heroic? Even if it's not like a big thing, some little thing. I was like, I promise you, if I'm wanting to do that, then the audience is going to want me to do it too. It's just something I... And they're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And every time, every scene, I, you know, when I was on the set, I'd be you know, like, have you thought about the heroism thing? I'm like, really? <laughs> really? They're like, we get it. You want to do something heroic, right? And I was like, okay, I pushed it too far. And then I didn't talk to them for weeks and weeks while they were filming other episodes that were, you know, a million episode that was in Chicago at some point. And then I get the script, and I'm like... I, it's Die Hard. I get to be. I'm like I'm like Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. I get to go into the thing, and uh, yeah, Paul Reiser's there, like in Halo, right in my ear. I mean, they're so clever. The Duffers are so clever with how they like just borrow from our culture, and they're both creating something new and they're honoring something old. And and uh, but I just looked at my death and that, and I was like. Just so grateful. Just so grateful because you just knew. And and then they were saying uh, that they, as they were writing Killing Bob, he said he was, he, it took them, he said in episode six, they started to write it and they couldn't do it. They're like, we can't kill him yet. We can't kill him yet. And he's like, and as they were going through, they knew, they designed the character to be killed. As my daughter said after she watched it, Dad, it was Stranger Things. Somebody had to die. <laughs> I'm like, well, how was my dad? She goes, mm. <laughs> um, but but they and then 
finally they're like, we knew, that was the episode. They knew I couldn't last that episode. They had to kill me. That was the way they designed it. And they were like, they felt so bad. He's like, I had nightmares. I didn't want to kill Bob. And you could see like the feeling that the fans have towards the characters and towards the story and towards the world and towards the show, the creators have for themselves and for the show. I think a lot of times in shows there's a little bit of a disconnect. You know, people, there's a little bit, of, I don't want to say ego, but there's like, I don't know, sometimes it just isn't a pure portal between the creator and the audience. It's, 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 and this one there is. And like how he felt about killing it, he really was upset. And uh, so that was nice. Thank you. I'm upset. Maybe all the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Question over here. Hi, I'm Amanda from Virginia. Um, my question is so, Billy talked a lot about like pranks and things that happened on the set when he was here last year. So, did you witness or partake in any particularly like epic pranks or chicken hair gift on set? I uh, observed many. <laughs> I think I was suffering so much that they left me alone. <laughs> Thank you. That was compassion right there. That was empathy. Appreciate that. I saw things that I... I maybe the statute of limitations has run out, like they wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> 20 years later. Tell me more. Well, there was things that involved... Oh, I don't even want to share it. I don't want to get you in trouble. You know that at Halloween, the prank that people play where they put a bag on someone's yeah. door and they light it on fire? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. Rather than that, I liked it when Vigo would run around and like he would have bought chocolates from somewhere and he would just, like a weird strider Easter bunny, he'd just walk over and just drop off chocolates and walk away. You're like... <laughs> so I don't, that's not a prank, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's in that playful tone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, question over here. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Sean. How are you? Um, my name is Jocelyn, and I'm originally from Bolivia. Um, I have my boyfriend on the, on the FaceTime, but we are huge Lord of the Rings. That was very proprietary, wasn't it? <laughs> She's like, and my boyfriend is on the phone. <laughs> Boyfriend, so, right here. <laughs> is he in Bolivia? No, no, he's 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 in DC, but he's, he's in DC. He, he just couldn't be bothered to come down to our home. No. That's fine. Go on. What's his name? Nick. Nick, what's your question? Or is it your question? It's our question. It's your question. You got all right. Well, you got to point him to me so I can see. Oh, this. sure. Okay. <laughs> hey, Nick. Oh la la. <laughs> He kind of looks like, uh, he kind of looks like, well, kind of like Gimli, actually, but, <laughs> but, but no, he, he looks like, uh, he looks like a, like a warrior or some kind. Okay, what's the question? So, we're huge Lord of the Rings fans, and it, you know, Lord of the Rings meant so much to me, especially growing up. From Sam Weiser, your character, what's one of the biggest takeaways that you say you would take from Lord of the Rings? From the biggest life lessons you think it would From be? the making the movies or from the story? From, from the story itself. Mm. Well, there's so much. I know. There's so much. A guy had a tattoo yesterday of Gollum 
like a really good, I mean, just look, incredible rendition of, uh, of Gollum. And I was sort of, not teasing him, but just kind of like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I, I said, why? You know, why Gollum? Why that big of a Gollum on your thing? And he said, um, basically, he said, it reminds me uh, not, to, not to be greedy, basically. Not to take things too much, you know, to be willing to, to be generous and give a little bit. I mean, what an amazing thing to take out of Gollum, yeah. right? Like, that's exactly what he's supposed to be. But somehow, he's got, you know, like, Gollum like you sort of you think of him for the spectacular creature that he is, but the lesson to learn from him. I also very much like the Ents. I very, I really like how they, you know, this was written during the Industrial Revolution. It's an environmental treatise as much as it is anything else. It's a, it's about you know the trees coming to life to fight against you know industry to protect their world, and uh, and I just wonder. You know, I read something in a, in a journal or something not too long ago that said that real art nowadays really needs to be addressing the climate issue. That, that that's, that other than anything else that we do, that that, you know, it's an existential threat that is coming at us at a thousand miles an hour and most people have still just got their head in the sand. So the idea that Tolkien was writing at a time where the industrial, where, the, where the, the natural landscape was just being blighted by the you know industry, and that um, he was able to manifest this thing. I don't know. That's maybe one of them. I don't know. There's so much. There's so much teamwork, you know, perseverance, um, faith. There's like I don't know. Too hard a question. Tell good looking, dreamy eyes. I'll think about it. <laughs> Friendship Onion. Repping his podcast. Right. Uh, I'm Stephen from Arlington, Virginia. Sean, my question for you is, when you were making The Lord of the Rings, and whether it was when you were living in New Zealand or making the movies themselves, what memory do you relive most often in your head? That's a nice way to ask that. Interesting. What do I most often relive in my head? Well, see, for 20 years I've been coming to conventions. And each convention, I mean, I've probably done 100 and over 100 in the 20 years. And I meet a couple hundred people each convention. And depending on how the line is and how fast we need to go for whatever, I meet people. And people tell me their story and their experience. Or they're asking me certain questions about things they're interested in. And so it's like TikTok. You know, I get a question, I'm, I'm, I'm brought to a memory. Next person steps up, they ask a question, tell me a story, I'm brought to another memory. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's so many now that, that I go through. There's being in the helicopters. But like when you ask, relive it. I go, I go, you spend so much time training for a triathlon. Thousand hours. <laughs> when, when somebody asks me about me, and you're, it's a mental exercise much more than it's a physical exercise. And so when I think about me, Sean, myself, what, what am I focused on, what am I, I go right into, if you did anything for 2,000 hours, that'd be what you think about most of the time. So I've spent 2,000 hours on the road, so I go right to there. And when I'm on the road, what I think about is, what do I think about? There's so much, I think, on the first day of production, they brought 
a couple of Maori elders. If you don't know who the Maori are, they're the indigenous people. They're the islanders, the Polynesian people. I don't know if they're Polynesian, but anyhow, they're, they're the indigenous people of New Zealand, the Maori. They do incredible tattoos and mocha, their whole face is tattooed. And, and uh, it's just an amazing culture. Um, they came to bless the production. And it was a very like meaningful ceremony. We had been training for six weeks. We, the actors, other people, the crew had been there for months. Some people on the you know, special effects side of the thing had been there eight months, nine months. But in terms of principal photography, the main shooting of the movie, we, we were there. And everyone knew this was a, a huge undertaking. We're making three movies at the same time. You know, we're, these books are known all over the world. The, just the prosthetic makeup, just all the orc costumes, just like the sets that they were building, the miniatures. Like, you, you was, it, was a, it was like battle. It was like World War II, staging all of the pieces before you're going to... So we're on the precipice of beginning this thing. And people were excited, but scared a little. There's a, a, a serious, like, can we do this? Can we, is what we're claiming we're going to be able to do and what we're endeavoring to do, like, can you actually, you know, it might look like it after the fact, like, oh, that was successful, it was destined to be, we did not know what was going to happen. And, you know, so these Maori elders blessed the production. And the one man said, um, the land has been here long before you and by you he meant humanity and it will be here long after you are gone so it's essentially your responsibility to be a steward of the land while you're here and you can almost sense like when you be on the vol volcano Mount Ropehu where we did the Mount Doom stuff in uh, Taupo it's in the middle of the big lake in the middle of the uh, North Island right if you were to like throw trash away or if you were to defile the experience in some way with how you talked or what you did, you could almost get a sense that, like, you know, it wouldn't go well for you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it was like you don't do that. There's certain things you don't do. There's a there's like a moral, there's a spiritual etiquette to existing on that movie. It really all time, but because of the ideas of this movie, because Tolkien chose a volcano to be the source of evil and the place in which you have to return this this evil creation in order the only place evil can be destroyed is from where it was created. And we're filming on an active volcano where you can smell the sulfur and it's rumbling all the time. Like there there was there was something just so um, important. It was important. Was the, the ideas were important. The emotions were important. What we were doing. That's why it's fun to talk about the, the, the guys being, you know, pranksters with each other and, and that sort of fun, you know, like mischievous and, and th that, there's tons of that kind of stuff. But on some level, in a very real way, when you're showing up to work each day and you know that everyone around you is doing the best work of their career, no one in that movie will ever do anything that's more important than what we're doing right now. And, and we're there day after day after day after day after day. And you're like, you just know, kind of like I, what I imagine it's like for warriors. It, when you go there, like there's just a kind of weight to what your experience, a collective understanding within yourself about what you're doing. And, and that, that like, it's like a, it's like a warm 
blanket that's, that covers you and you, it's always a part of you. It's always a part of you. So I can be just as playful as anybody talking about Lord of the Rings, but under the hood, like where it counts, you know that this was a, a communication to the world that was deeply meaningful. So I think that's what I would take with me. Thanks, Thank you. Sean, I'm Laura from Washington, D.C. Um, I just want to thank you on behalf of this whole crowd, I'm sure, for um, being part of bringing to life one of our favorite books in the world. Um, my question is the same question that I asked Billy Boyd when he was here uh, last year, which is... Well, I'll get it right. I don't know what that knucklehead said. Is there a particular quote or moment in the books that is especially meaningful to you personally? Well, so I have this book club now called Fable. It's fable.co. It's a, it's, a, it's a site, a platform now that has book clubs and lots of different kind of curators and so forth. So I have a book club, and we actually got the rights to Lord of the Rings, which I was shocked that we were able to get them. So we're halfway through Lord of the Rings right now, and I am just so kind of in awe as you just go through the language, you know, chapter after chapter, at like just how good it is, just how meaningful and how rich. And, um, so, I mean... I, it's it's hardwired into my head the Samwise quotes, you know. There's some good left in this world, Mr. Frodo, when it's worth right. You know, even darkness must pass, and a new day will come when the sun shines and we shine out the clear. So those are like default. Um, and then I also, you know, I think about the movie. I love that in the movie. I don't know if it's in the books. It's probably not. In the book, but uh, when Haldir uh, comes to Minas Tirith. Right? To Helm, no, to Helm's Deep. Comes to Helm's Deep, right? And he says, we come to honor the Alliance of Elves and Men. Or uh, when, when uh, Aragorn says, my friends, you bow to no one. There's a, there's a like, you know, <laughs> take a seat. Let me, I'll just, you know, oh, there's that one. Oh, there's another one there. Uh, yeah, there's some of them that I, when I read them, I'm like, oh, I should cut that out and like be able to read that at a con. That's like such a good passage. So, but, you know. It's like asking if I have a favorite biblical quote. It's like, well, I don't know. We gotta think about it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Question over here. Hi. These are all my people that I know from my line. I've seen everybody again. Yeah. Hello again. Yes, I'm Amber from Winchester, and I know that you've played a lot of iconic characters. I mean, enough to fill this room here. Is there any piece from a character that you've played that you have taken into your own life? That's a great question. Yeah. Winchester. Virginia. I've spent a lot of time in Winchester, Virginia. Oh. I, I started out the, uh, the, yeah, at the Apple Blossom Festival. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, whatever, yeah, I was, you know, Marshall with the, and then my daughters, each one, the third one's like, do I get to do it? And I'm like, there's a pandemic, I'll let you know. You know like, uh, but yeah, no, we spent a lot of time there. I also did, um, I think I did a half marathon there in Winchester. Yeah. yeah. I know your neck of the woods. Good people. Um, Interesting. Interesting. You know, people always, actors a lot of times will say that they bring who they are into their character. And I've been able, a lot of the characters I've played are these, or at least the ones that have connected, are the ones who have heart. 
you know, the ones that are that that are inspiring, that have, that are loyal, or they're they they're determined, you know, and people kind of like identify with the determination of those characters. Th- that is me. The, that those qualities, maybe not in the pure crystalline, you know, essence that Sam is. Like Sam's a literary character that's an ideal, right? But I do have that. I mean, how I'm getting through grad school. I mean, it's like, it's just like hard work and my head is down. I'm trying to get it done. Um, So I I hope I don't lose um, that sense of, it's really about dreaming. You know, it's it's, it's that that idea that, I, I never knew that you could dream in the sense that I'm describing, like there's something in this world that you want that you might be able to achieve. I didn't even, I was 21 when I did Rudy, and Rudy kept talking about how, you guys, guys, just, just good for my ego. Uh, or maybe they were cheering for the real Rudy. And they might have been, I don't know. I cheered for the real Rudy. Um, I was texting with his son yesterday. Anyhow, um, because his son is making a film at like university, some like in Arizona or something like that, and he was talking to Gino, who is a makeup artist for Lord of the Rings, and it's the whole world just comes down to like there. So, um, but that idea, he was like, it was my dream to play football for Notre Dame. It was my dream to do that. It was my dream to do that. That phrase, my dream, like, like oh. Like, you can have dreams. It's like I needed somebody to tap me on the shoulder and go, like, you know, you can have dreams. Now, I had a million dreams, but I didn't think of it consciously. And so the idea of remembering that you can dream. You know, I've started a million projects and failed, you know. And and those failures are almost as notable in my mind as the things that I've succeeded at. Um, maybe more so because, like, you fa- you're trying and you know, there's no release for it. So, um, I mean, movies or whatever. But, like... I got into this grad school thing, and that's a dream. It was always a dream of mine, and my wife's like, why are you, you know, they just don't know why I'm investing so much energy for something where you don't know what the payoff is. I'm like, the thing is the payoff, the doing of the thing. So so that idea of what I hope I can take away from some of the characters is to remember the, our capacity to dream. And you know, if you have a hundred dreams and two come true, you had two dreams come true. You know what I mean? So like, we, there's some things that you want and no matter how, like me with a guitar, I just, I just don't know if I will ever, I've told my daughter, my daughter's embarrassed by my, my youngest daughter. They're embarrassed by everything. Kids are always embarrassed by everything. But uh, I was like, she's like, dad, I don't want you to play the guitar in front of people. Because a couple of, a couple of songs I could do are okay, but like, I'm not that good. And I'm like, oh no. And she goes, no, please don't do that. And I'm like, I will be, I swear to God, in a stadium in front of 80,000 people with a guitar around my neck, and I'm going to sing a song, and you're going to have to know it. <laughs> so, and it will happen. I know it will happen, you know. And, and audiences are very forgiving. If like, oh, the little fellow wants to play songs, if we can put up with it, that'd be great. Thank you so much. And I'll do, like, a little better than they expected, and be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, you finished that. Good for you, you know. So, but dreaming, remembering to dream, that's what I take with it. So I want to remember this moment with the selfie. All right, let's give it up for Mr. Sean Another fun panel and a hell of a way to close out Awesome Con with that main stage. I mean, seriously, day three of the main the main stage was popping every single day. There was somebody for everybody 
at this event, but really day three was the day of get there bright and early and everybody pretty much, I th- the majority of people stayed in that room all day. It was really impressive when, when Kel and Melissa Joan Hart wrapped up how few of people left and how many people kind of tried to jump as close as possible. I, I kept getting a little bit closer, but eventually by the time it got to really by, by Jane Carlo, it was, okay, this is my spot. This is where I'm at. I'm not going to find anything closer because people in these first 10 rows are not moving. Nobody wants to move. And rightfully so. It was a hell of a day to be at Awesome Con and just truly a hell of an event. Uh, this year was uh, really impressive. I say it every time. I'm, I'm constantly blown away by what they're capable of doing at Awesome Con, what they do in D.C. and the event that they bring to the East Coast, to our nation's capital uh, at the Walter E. Convention Center. So uh, looking forward to Awesome Con 2023. I know every year when they send out the Hey, what did we do right? What did we, you know? What what can we do next year? I always, always reply with, please somehow find a way to bring Robert England or Bruce Campbell to this event. Uh, I also threw out Edgar Wright's name for upcoming next year, so we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I I, I really look forward to seeing what they're capable of doing. I also hit on the boys. I said do more with the boys because Anthony Starr was supposed to be there. I believe it was it was last year. It was 2021 he was supposed to be there. He had a scheduling conflict because that is also one of the things that sucks about cons and stuff like that. You could have scheduling conflicts. Uh, it happened with this year as well. There were some people that were going to be there that I was very excited to see that had to postpone. So, you know, hopefully they do the Sean Astin thing and they make good and they come back at some point. Uh, in the future. I mean, Giancarlo was one of those. He he was supposed to be there in 2021, had to cancel, but was one of the first ones that they announced for 2022, like Sean Astin. Uh, Noah was one of the later ones because, you know, they were like, hey, the people you re- were excited for last year are coming back, and we've got big names as well for this year. So I'm excited to see what they roll out in 2023. All right, that'll do it. Until next week. Again, make sure you like all the Throw Me Podcast Network stuff. Give us a search Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, as well as Instagram. We're just not on Twitter because, well, if you've ever been on Twitter, you know why we're not on Twitter. Until next time, peace and love.